0: well hello good evening and thanks for your patience due to a uh, lack of a professional courtesy I guess uh, for uh, lack of a better uh, explanation they made a we uh, for the exit. indeed and uh, we were left holding an empty signal so but we're here now and it's uh, the gray matters program
1: indeed and they made be beeline for the exit Well, I don't know where to start. Big week, lots of interesting things going on. Um, Kind of an interesting, late-breaking story that the uh, NIE, which is the National Intelligence Estimate, has uh, downgraded Iran's nuclear threat. So, so much for all the... Oh,
0: but we need to hype that up into something it isn't.
1: So much for Joe Lieberman's uh, recommendation that we... uh, preemptively strike Iran, run and well dick cheney and george bush have been saber rattling as well george bush's october 17th statement which i don't have in front of me but i'm sure will be replayed many times tonight because yeah. he's got that <laughs> loony cartoons laugh about it um well all previous statements that the president has made are inoperative so
0: we'll give him a brain damage award yeah, in his case, though, they were actually inoperative from the get-go. <laughs> I mean, as he was saying them, they were inoperative. And, of course, the
1: uh, Mideast peace process is inoperative as well. The photo op has come and gone. I don't know, 47 countries come to Annapolis for one day to see Abbas, Almert uh, and Bush shake hands.
0: Yeah, that's particularly bizarre because uh, the U.S. actually retracted the resolution that they had put forward themselves at the United Nations. Um, This is really unusual. In an about-face, the U.S. on Friday withdrew a U.N. resolution endorsing this week's agreement by Israeli and Palestinian leaders to try to reach a Mideast peace settlement by the end of 2008, apparently after Israel objected. U.S. Deputy Ambassador Alejandro Wolf said the U.S. was pulling the resolution from consideration less than 24 hours after U.S. Ambassador Zalmay Khalizad introduced it. Khalizad had said he needed to consult with the Israelis and Palestinians on the text of the resolution to ensure it was what they wanted following the meeting by Palestinian President Abbas and Israeli Prime Minister Olmert in Annapolis. Here's the kicker. Diplomats said Israel did not want a resolution which would bring the Security Council into the negotiations with the Palestinians. It's not the proper venue, Israel's Deputy Ambassador Daniel Carman said Friday. Well, that spells it out pretty clearly, that they don't want a resolution because Israel wants to be able to drag its feet, as they have for decades in this process. Yeah,
1: and of course, America's been... Uh, Removed from the uh, peace process for many years now, it's uh, really kind of a dead horse that uh, Condoleezza Rice is uh, apparently trying to revive during her last months in office as Secretary of State, uh, basically under an attempt to burnish her reputation, her legacy. Uh, Many new biographies out about her that apparently uh, have some interesting things to say about her qualifications to be NSC advisor as well as Secretary of State. Um, How about a brain damage award to John McCain? Boy, I don't know if you saw the Republican debate. I watched the replay of it on Saturday night on CNN just because it was interesting. And what's interesting about the Republicans is they are imploding. (laughs) Uh, Mike Huckabee may be Mike Stuckabee. (laughs) They may be stuck with Huckabee, because, uh, let's face it, Huckabee's gone up in the polls because Brownback got out. Fred Thompson, who, uh, appeared to be, or, or the Republicans were hoping would be the man on the white horse, kind of turns out to be an old mule that can't pull the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. I mean, he is bad. He is just <clears throat> unsure of himself. Um, Yes, he's got a, a, a one-liner every now and then, but he memorizes those lines. And what what's occurred to me in watching him stumble around is if only in 1980 they'd had this sort of uh, debate uh, marathon, we might have never gotten Ronald Reagan, because oh. I think he would have stumbled under the pressure eventually, too. Uh, George Will, of course, called him a thoroughbred after having coached him the night before the Jimmy Carter debate. With a stolen
0: debate handbook.
1: Yeah, and Carter was an idiot for not debating him again. Although I think at that point, Reagan decided that one debate was sufficient because the poll showed Carter was indeed in trouble. But anyway, getting back to John McCain, who... I don't know about you, but he strikes me almost as a man in need of a straitjacket lately. Um... He's still in the race. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, in fact, today the Manchester Union in New Hampshire endorses him, but he's got problems with the basic Republican Party. They don't like him. They yeah. don't like him on a variety for a variety of reasons. Little,
0: there's like little pockets of Republicans who do not like him for different reasons.
1: Yeah, but now he's got you know he's got some supporters, and of course the media likes him. It was interesting that. The pundits declaimed, uh, proclaimed him and Huckabee the winner of the debate. I thought Huckabee did win the debate, but uh, I didn't think Giuliani's performance was disastrous, but he had a disastrous week for other reasons. <laughs> we have a trust. We have taxpayer money. We have limos uh, sashaying around <laughs> the mistress. I mean, this is, this is like small potatoes com- compared to the Clinton sex scandal. I mean, at least that action took place in the White House. This uh, action took place in the Hamptons on Long in Long Island. And of course, there was a limo for his wife at the time as well. And now there is there are question marks about the billing and these interesting funds that the billing fell under. It's a scandal that's not going to go away and just is going to percolate to the top. And when you Pile it on top of Giuliani's other personal problems.
0: Well, in the very... Though apparently
1: he's way. not one of the eight men
0: that's met Larry Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that will be in his favor with the religious conservative uh, segment of the Republican Party. They seem to be coming out of the woodwork. I think the
1: first <laughs> report I heard on it was it was four. Then it went up to five, and today the new number is eight. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: there'll probably be a new website soon for uh, partners of Larry Craig.
1: yes. I am not gay. I'm just a swinger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, getting back to McCain, he kept repeatedly talking about victory in Iraq. I think he mentioned it three times to, of course, robust applause in the uh, in the audience uh, down there in Florida um, and talked about how successful the surge has been. I only wish McCain would look at the actual reality of the surge. Uh, There's been a surge of terrorist activity, by the way, in Afghanistan. And last night we heard that the British are about to leave uh, the southern part of Iraq uh, safely in the hands of a variety of criminal and militia elements uh, closely connected with uh, Shiite factions, some of whom are connected to Iran.
0: Yeah, what I mean, nobody will even explain anymore, because it's too treacherous, what victory in Iraq even means.
1: Yeah, there there is no victory in Iraq uh, to be had. Um, America is looking more—the situation in Iraq for America is, is reminiscent of America's uh, Philippines situation back uh, after the Spanish-American War. We were in a low-level intensity guerrilla conflict uh-huh. in the Philippines for— Something like 25 years when we finally decided killing several hundred thousand people was not worth it. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little unclear what this victory will be. Um, and it's very interesting that the the whole aura surrounding the uh, war in Iraq with respect to the Republican Party, it, it's just not even talked about. There are two people that want to talk about the issue. Ron Paul... Um, who, of course, thinks it was a gigantic mistake and was one of the few Republicans uh, in Congress to vote against uh, the Iraq resolution back in 2002, and John McCain. It seems like Fred Thompson is still having that wagon problem. He's that old mule that doesn't really quite know what to say or think. And Giuliani just talks about Islamic militants and islamo-fascism those sorts of that sort of rhetoric hobgoblins yeah it's very vague Um, they don't want to touch this uh, because you can't take a couple of months worth of data and claim uh, either that the surge is working or that there's victory in sight interestingly by the way i noticed that attacks in iraq had had dropped well before the surge was ever announced uh, perhaps it was contemplated before that, but this may be an example of of how a political entity like uh, George Bush, who's uh, trying to salvage something from this disaster, uh, would look at data and see, hey, if we announce a surge, we see the is going down, then we can claim- Claim the,
0: responsibility for it. Yeah,
1: success, and that there's a causal uh, relationship there. And McCain is not asked any questions about the uh, Maqtada al-Sadr ceasefire announcement in August, um, or whether or not perhaps uh, even elements of al-Qaeda, assuming that they're responsible for all this uh, violence in in Iraq, which uh, is proven to be false. I mean, very small numbers of attacks are actually linked to al-Qaeda. It's actually mainly uh, remnants of... uh, the Saddam Hussein regime and, and Shiites fighting one another. And, you know, the bodies keep showing up. There's a, you know, a front page story um, in a recent New York Times about all the corruption in Iraq and bribery and how that's a way of life. The unemployment rate is staggering. Well, huge
0: numbers of the professional classes have left.
1: Yeah. And, and what's going to happen in the South uh, when the British leave? Uh, they uh, officially were turning security over to. Gosh knows who. So, and and then there's also this interesting uh, report of uh, some cross-border uh, incursions by the Turkish military mm-hmm. that, that they officially announced on Saturday uh, regarding, uh, it just says, a uh, hundred uh, Turkish special forces had entered northern Iraq, struck fighters, and returned. So this sort of uh, activity in the Kurdish, uh, Kurdish area may... Uh, continue to cause some problems so john mccain just doesn't get it I, I mean he is talking tough he's got you know i'm gonna veto all these bills i'm gonna be tough on spending it's all nonsense on uh, 80 of the budget is is on an automatic pilot and much of the discretionary spending is actually in the pentagon and has gone up uh, Go considerably under the republican uh, regimes uh really dating back to richard nixon so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I obviously think that the Iowa race is, has turned into a three-man contest uh, with Giuliani obviously finishing a distant third, but clearly it's between Huckabee and uh, and Romney, and McCain is going to finish fifth.
0: Um, Maybe he, he should actually don the straitjacket that you've uh, referenced him uh, uh, deserving. Um of course, being insane is uh, no obstacle to becoming president.
1: Yeah. Um, and it
0: might actually get him some th- sympathy votes. So it,
1: it's a fascinating. This, and I don't know if you've been tuning in over the last several months, but I kept saying Huckabee was the dark horse. Yeah. And I, I said that. I think Huckabee, to be honest with you, made his move when the uh, top four Republicans boycotted the uh, the debate at Morgan State the, the, with the civil rights uh, groups, the the African-American yeah. audience. Huckleby was asked the first question. He was able to denounce the Republican candidates that didn't show up, which at the time were Thompson, uh, McCain, Romney, and Giuliani. That gave him a great stage because he's basically arguing with munchkins. Um, Tancredo is a one-man show. He's, he's all about immigration. And this immigration issue perplexes me because uh, immigration reform didn't happen if, if George Bush had any Valid uh, policy idea of the second uh, term that he's been uh, really kind of anxious to get over with. I mean, you can just see it on his face. You really can.
0: It's 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 sick. I think right from the beginning of the second term, uh, there was dismay on his part that crap. I'm still
1: I'm still here. I'm, I'm still, still here. bee <laughs> and uh, look at all these Republican defections in Congress. It's staggering. There's going to be a. I mean, there should be a Democratic landslide next year. Uh, of course, the Democrats will figure out a way to screw that up. But this uh, this proposal that leaked out over the weekend about a uh, basically a mortgage rescue package, uh, Treasury Secretary Paulson has come out with a plan to temporarily freeze uh, interest rates uh, for some mortgages. It's very unclear what the exact proposal is, but this is really a recession prevent a landslide proposal because the the rumor is that there's somewhere between a million and a half and 2 million mortgage houses with with these adjustable mortgages that are going to kick in this coming year and there could be some serious economic problems when you combine that with all of the uh the you know the problems in Iraq and other uh, economic issues it doesn't strike me that the republicans are going to be able to win on this <laughs> Immigra- immigration bas- bashing um atmosphere that they're trying to promote they've run out of the gay marriage issue that's <laughs> that's pretty much uh that's a that's on fred thompson's wagon that uh, he's not pulling very <laughs> fast <laughs> um and uh oh well abortion you know that's just uh i don't know what i don't know what more to say about that it's quite clear that uh all of the Democrats are pro-choice, and all of the Republicans, except for Giuliani, are are quote pro-life, uh, except they all support the war, uh, with the exception of Ron Paul. So yeah, it, it's a very interesting debate. Uh, the Republicans are gnashing teeth at one another, and it's turned into a, 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 a sort of a bar brawl. It's fascinating, and. Um, I think that the only thing they can hope for is that there aren't many more debates because uh, the only guy that really looks good in the debates, and even Ron Paul stumbles around. He's he's uh, he's you know he's the hardcore libertarian on on uh, all of all of the issues that he's promoting. But Huckabee, the reason that he keeps winning these debates is he knows what to say. He actually comes across as a human being, and it was interesting. That Robert Novak gets back into the action last week. He's the one, Hmm. along with the Club for Growth, that are now denouncing Huckabee as a tax raiser, and that they're trying to attack Huckabee on the tax issue. Um, And of course, this gets back to the Ronald Reagan, John Angler, tax cuts for for all, uh, particularly the rich, but not the poor. Well, and and it it deficits for everybody
0: as far as the eyes can see. Right, including increased national debt. But it's evidence yet again of uh, Novak's willingness to uh, shill for the old guard of the Republican Party.
1: Yeah, I don't know who he's backing. I suspect Giuliani uh, or McCain. Hmm. Um, Romney's still got the Mormon problem. And it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how he handles uh, that later this week with his speech. Because... Romney, at some level, uh, what's attractive about him, besides, you know, kind of looking the part, he looks presidential, he's got the right hair, his hair is perfect and all of that, is that he's basically saying, I'm a good manager, I'm competent, I've done these things in my uh, previous life, Uh, you know, the Olympics, governor of uh, Massachusetts, etc., I'm competent, vote for me, and I'm squeaky clean, I don't have the Giuliani trail of mistresses and limousines. Uh, I don't know how Giuliani deals with that problem within the Republican Party. Uh it's it's almost ironic that Henry Hyde passed away yeah. right as the scandal was breaking. Um, I'm sure it he broke Henry's have, heart. He might have started impeachment proceedings before <laughs> Giuliani was ever elected. <laughs> that thought had crossed my mind. <laughs> um and we won't talk about the passing of Henry Hyde one of the great yeah uh, you know, a great uh, legislator, but uh, a man with with flawed policies, if you go back and check out his record, and I'm referring here to the Hyde amendment um, dr. Jekyll and mr hyde <laughs> think think of that, oh, and then we have Putin and chavez
0: uh, and don't forget musharraf, yes, mushy he, he's mushy's changed clothes. <laughs> He's, he's uh, out of the uniform. He's out of the uniform. He's got a sparkling, fresh, shiny, new five-year term as civilian president um, ahead of him here. So, uh, With probably Osama
1: bin Laden as a campaign manager. Uh, indeed, because... Uh, he, he pops up again. As conveniently as these things could be arranged. He uh, always pops up at I'm a very t- convenient time for uh, both <clears throat> Musharraf and Bush. <clears throat> it's fascinating. It
0: really is, and uh, I'm not sure what sort of analysis is being uh, done on these uh, coincidences. But the the new tape released last Thursday, it's like it's some new you know MP3 track that all the you know techno DJs want to mm-hmm. download. His Ooh, latest hit. Have you heard the new tape? Yeah, it's it's amazing. But this one is really bizarre because the tape was released as a video, but the groups who monitor these things uh, said that the only image on the tape was an old photo of Bin Laden. Right. Is there any voice analysis? You know, I'd like to see a, a range of translations, you know. Sure. We never get to see translations of these except for the ones that are released. And, of course, he takes credit for nine eleven again. Yes, indeed he does. Sole responsibility. I am the only one responsible for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, the, the, you know, gist of the message was uh, a plea for Europeans to, to uh, stop fighting in Afghanistan. And... Uh, how many Europeans are in Afghanistan?
1: Well, not that many. Um, interestingly, that's one country where Germany is actually giving us some assistance.
0: I know Canada has a pretty sizable yeah, presence in Afghanistan. But
1: there's a huge debate in Canada about withdrawing. Indeed. And, in fact, if the uh, Canadian government were not headed by Harper, I think that's his name. Yeah. Conservative Harper, um, they probably would be out. But... Um, you know, over the over the past couple of weeks, I've been reading some some cover-up books. Uh, one about the Challenger disaster back in nineteen in the mid nineteen eighties, and six I think. One uh, about the nine eleven um, stuff. Hmm. The nine eleven book has got interesting stuff in it, but it's got its flaws. But by chance, I was going back and examining some old uh, New York Times articles from the week after Colin Powell appeared before the UN with the holding his little bottle of toxins. vial of probably cocaine that they'd caged from Noriega in that prison down in Atlanta right yeah um the vial uh and and what's fascinating is right in the midst of this debate and it's it's, a, it's just a fascinating addition this one uh and I can't even remember the exact date but I I want to say that 14th of February, Valentine's Day. We have Douglas Fife testifying before Congress that uh, the occupation of Iraq will be no more than two years. We'll be out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we also have a bin Laden tape surfacing right in the midst of all this activity that's going on. We have Condoleezza Rice encouraging Hans Blix to write a devastating report against Saddam Hussein about the weapons of mass destruction, which, uh, of course, we now know were uh, invented uh, as an excuse, a bureaucratic excuse that even Paul Wolfowitz admitted. Just fascinating that bin Laden pops up that week. Now, earlier during the 9-11 events... It was Condoleezza Rice that was saying, "Oh, we can't have CNN or Al Jazeera broadcasting any of these Bin Laden tapes because when he talks on these tapes, he's got coded oh, facial, facial expressions gestures, right. that, that activate Al Qaeda cells that are still alive and well in America.
0: If I flink my left eyebrow, yeah. you know what to do. You people
1: in San Antonio, <laughs> that's that's your signal. Yeah. That was her big excuse. But... This time, instead of suppressing the bin Laden tape, the bin Laden tape is immediately released. And, of course, bin Laden express, expresses some solidarity with Saddam Hussein that Colin Powell promptly utilizes as proof that there is a connection right. between bin Laden and al-Qaeda. Uh, Colin Powell, of course, was talking mainly about Zarqawi. Um, but it's fascinating that even Colin Powell is implicated in this murky uh, PR campaign. That's being—it's just on a on total, full-blown, you know, full-court press here. Everybody is is on board. Colin Powell has drank the Kool-Aid. Fred Thompson is still trying to fire
0: up the mule, but well, you know, I still wonder if Colin Powell suffers sleepless nights. Yeah, I, I think he knew he knew what he was doing was a fraud. Yeah, and uh, you know, the things you have to do to attain power, to keep power, et cetera, et cetera. But I think uh, at heart, he's probably a decent human being, and I can't say that about a number of other. High-ranking Bush officials, and I wonder if someday we might see a full, you know, recanting from him.
1: Maybe on his deathbed. Um,
0: but of course, d- there are some unanswered questions about uh, his role in the attempted cover-up of the My Lai massacre, too. Yeah,
1: and Agent Orange, and and of course um, the uh, the, uh, the one of the reasons, uh, by the way, that I don't think he's ever run for president is his behind-the-scenes role in the Iran-Contra affair. Hmm. Um, Over the past several months, we've been talking a little bit about all these military bases, and I wanted to bring in some factual information about this. Um, This is from an article uh, in the uh, New York Review of Books. And I'm, for some reason, don't have a date on this. (laughs) It looks like where I tore off the page, I erroneously or mistakenly uh, missed the date. But anyway... It was from this summer, and Jonathan Freeland was uh, reviewing several books, one by Dennis Ross, who appeared frequently last week during the Mideast Peace Process Analysis, and, of course, a big new Brzezinski, and Chalmers Johnson, sort of a, a left-wing uh, historian. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, base business in the American military-industrial complex uh, in reference to the debate about empire. Uh, Freeland writes, official figures speak of 737 U.S. military bases in foreign countries, adding up to an armed American presence, whether large or small, in 132 of 190 member states of the United Nations. Chalmers Johnson reckons the number is actually higher if one includes those bases about which the Pentagon is coy. The 2005 base structure report omits mention for instance, of Kosovo, as well as bases in Afghanistan, Iraq, Israel, Kyrgyzstan, Qatar, Uzbekistan. And even though it is well known that the United States established a vast presence in both the Persian Gulf and Central Asia after 9-11, the U.S. was evicted from Uzbekistan in 2005. Nor does the Pentagon ledger include extensive military and espionage installations it maintains in Britain, estimated to be worth $5 billion since they are nominally facilities of the Royal American Air Force. Um, And what's interesting is um, he goes on to point out, intriguingly, Chalmers notes, that the 38 large and medium-sized U.S. uh, facilities around the world, both air and naval bases, match exactly almost the 36 naval bases and army garrisons that Britain maintained at its imperial peak in 1898. A fascinating coincidence in numbers, and just yet another glaring example of uh, the extent of the foreign military-industrial complex. I, of course, have been interested in the 9/11 cover-up business not so much from the you know whether the towers were came down because of fire or imploded, but more from the lack of the ability of NORAD to intercept these airplanes and why this happened and what really went on at the Pentagon. Of course, there never will be any investigation into that matter uh, officially.
0: Well, the Pentagon does get a little coy from time to time. It gets very coy.
1: (laughs) And it's amazing that we have this national intelligence estimate out today uh, that, that sort of rebuts a previous estimate regarding Iran's nuclear program that The estimate, uh, the fascinating words on it was that it basically dropped uh, the uh, the, the nuclear program back in the fall of 2003, which uh, makes you wonder what's been going on with all of the saber-rattling regarding uh, Iran in recent months, uh, if not the last couple of years.
0: Well, it's one of the few... uh, Threats still on the horizon that uh, is available for them to uh, continue to make up new lies about. And it uh, looks like we're about out of time here. It's the top of the hour. So so you have been
1: listening to Gray Matters and do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. One little final item regarding the American presence in Iraq. It says in, uh, in this from the Jonathan Freeland article... The most recent addition to the empire is perhaps the most arresting. The new U.S. embassy in Baghdad, despite its name, is a base. It is set inside a 104-acre compound, making it six times larger than the United Nations and as big as Vatican City and costing $592 million to build.
0: And uh, God only knows how much to maintain and secure. That's the green zone indeed
1: where the money is flowing radio is king of the media i suppose our youngsters would say cornball or square